Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! How's everybody feeling this morning? That's good. That's good. Look at somebody near you and say, I'm so glad you were here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. We've been talking about um, harvest for the last few Sundays, for the last three Sundays, actually. Um, it's perfect. It's perfect timing. You know, this time last year, like Kelsey said, we talked about, you know, the, the sowing and the, the burning of the fields. And that was a great series. I encourage you go back on the podcast. Check it out. Plug. All right. Plug. There it is. Um, and, uh, you know, as a rural delivery carrier. And I get to I get to interact with the the farmers. And before I took this job, I never like paid attention to. It. I didn't really care because I'm like, man, I ain't gonna get out there and do that. I ain't, you know, they do that. That's their job. That's their lane. I respect them. Da, da, da. But now that I'm interacting and talking to, them, I've learned different things about it. And I can even I've learned different smells. Like when certain smells come through the car, I'm like, oh, you know, they're they're uh, they're harvesting soybeans. You know, but two years ago, I never would have told you what harvesting soybeans smells like. You know, but I can tell you between that and uh, the smell of when they're uh, getting the corn or all these different things. So I'm like, ah, oh, look at me. I would never go do that. But it's nice to have that. But Jesus, he also tells us that, you know, uh, we, we talked about the last few Sundays, how when he told the disciples the harvest is right, pray that there is laborers for the harvest. He wasn't just talking, he wasn't talking about soybeans and corn and wheat and all the different things that we grow, but he was talking about souls. He was talking about hearts and minds and still that that remains true to this day. When we look out in the world, even though everything is up and down now, gas prices up and down, uh, emotions up and down, mental health up and down, um, the price of living, the cost of living up and down. Somebody was I saw somebody post uh, the other day. It's like, I'm thinking about moving to Florida. I'm like, bro, I, I comment on that message. And I said, message me. We need to we need to talk. I need to give you this, the real on the cost of living. Like, you know, go go visit the beach. That's great. But unless you're ready to, you know, and, and unless you're ready to make that 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 transition to up your game, like, hey, man, you know. So, but as the world, you know, it sounds like the soap opera, as the world turns, you know, so is, you know, the sand in the hourglass, you know, but as, as things keep turning, still that remains true. The harvest is ripe. Amen. And we've talked about the last few Sundays, you know, we gave the definition just to give a recap, recap from last Sunday. If you wasn't here still, you can go check it out on the podcast plug. Um, I just like doing that. That's the youth pastor in me. But we talked about last Sunday, how the great commission, how Jesus has commissioned us to make what? disciples. And we said a disciple is someone who believes in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, intentionally learns from him and strives to live more like him. Amen. Amen. So you and I, we have been commissioned. I like that word commissioned. It, it doesn't say that we've been missioned, but we've been commissioned. Anytime you add the word co to something, it means that there is more than one person doing it. Hey, so that's a bar right there. Let's let let's 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 break that down for a minute. So anytime you add commission to it, so that means that there's more than one person doing this mission. Therefore, you're not alone in making disciples. There's others in this room that are helping you make disciples. But here's here's what I really like. 
you know, when, when we say, when we add the word code to it, we're not alone. That means that not only is the other person beside you helping make disciples, but also we have Jesus with us making disciples. Amen. The Bible says that he calls his own to him. The goodness of God, it calls people to repentance. But also he walks with us, as the song says, he walks with us, he talks with us, tells us everything. So I love this because we said in Acts, what, 17, 28, we live we move, we have our being. So if we're in him, as we're making disciples, he's in us, he's working through us, he's giving us the things to say, giving us the analogies to mention, reminding us the spirit of truth, reminding us all things that point back to him, amen? amen. So we said it last year, we preached last year, if we're not advancing the kingdom of God, then what are we even doing? Let me better say it this way, if, if KSC ain't making chicken, what they doing? You know, this KFC in town, Lord today, listen, you know it's bad when I could go to work. And fortunately, I was blessed. I didn't have to work yesterday. We look at it that way as a blessing. But, but I, 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 I work with this one clerk, and she always pits on me because I'm from Lexington. She says, oh, Lindsay, from the town of Lexington, the town of Lexington that their KFC can't even produce chicken, you know, because she always gets on to me about that. But, you know, we, we laugh because we're like, hey, that's your one job. You know, make the chicken. If McDonald's can't have a dollar menu, we're like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you are McDonald's, the cheapest restaurant in, you know, in America and all over the globe. You know, when it comes to Christians, when it comes to Jesus followers, when it comes to people that are recipients of the cross, if we're not making disciples, what are we doing? Well, Lindsay, we're, we, we had a good church service. Uh, good church service isn't enough. Amen. Good church service isn't enough. Good, churches, good church service isn't delivering people from anxiety. Right. It's not healing the lost or it's not you know, bringing in the lost. It's not healing those that have broken hearts. Jesus does that. Yeah. And we have to point them to him. Amen. Point people to him. So now we recap. Let's really begin. So we read it. We read this last week. But discipleship is not just about sharing theology. It's also about sharing your life. Amen. Amen. So in First Thessalonians, if you have a Bible, if not, we'll put it on the screen. But in First Thessalonians, Paul says this. He says in chapter two, verse eight. He says, "With a mother's love and affectionate attachment to you." I've, I've last week we didn't we didn't really break that part down but he said with the mother's love so he's he's telling this to the church in Thessalonica he says I love you the same way a mother loves her child now we now all, all the all the boys in the room mama you know you you well you the mama's love you know I, I look at our boys and like they they love their mama I love my mama like I you know to be driving I think about her Think about different things. Think about, you know, the good, the bad, you know, the the the, the not so proud. She's like, hey, you be telling people that story? Yeah, I do. You know, because I'm proud of you, Bob. But even in the even in the low times, even in the times where you corrected me, looking back at it, I love you. In that moment, I didn't love you. But now I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want it. But Paul says, with the mother's love and affectionate attachment to you, we were very happy to share with you not only the gospel of God, but watch this, but also our what? Lives. Because you have become so dear to us. So like I said, when you're making disciples, it's not just about sharing theology. It's not just about going, you know, talking about the scriptures. It's not just about preaching. It's not just about teaching, but it's also about sharing your lives. You know, we said it last week, but when I was in high school, there was that show MTV Cribs, and I loved it. And every episode always begin the same. You know, the camera crew come up to the door, and the celebrity will say it's Shaq. Shaq can open the door. Ah, oh, what's up, MTV? 
come on inside, welcome to my crib. And the camera crew follows as he, you know, narrates and shows everything. But that's what discipleship is really supposed to be like. As we're discipling people, we're saying, hey, come into my life. Watch me follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. And we said it last week, that makes our personal lives much more heavier. It makes us more accountable, have to be more accountable with what we say, what we do. You know, there's certain things, there's certain songs I listen to that I can't listen to in front of Kellen and Keenan. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It just means that, hey, I'm mature enough. I can listen to this, and I'm not going to go repeat it. Kellen and Keenan listened to some, some I'm going to be honest, Kellen and Keenan listened to some Three Sits Mafia on a Throwback Thursday. Miss Carissa is going to be calling Kelsey or Lindsay from Kaywood. Uh, do you know what your son said? <laughs> well, you know, Kellen's not mature enough to listen to some T.I. or some, you know, some Jay-Z on a Throwback Thursday. You know, we, we got to go super, we got to go way back into the 70s where I know the songs are still clean enough, but I still get that throwback feel. You know, you can ask Kelly, you know, uh, he, he can, you know, he's, he's listening to that stuff with me, but he's not mature enough yet. So when it comes to us making discipleship or making disciples, we have to analyze our lives and say, okay, what am I doing that is it going to cause somebody else to stumble? Or is it simple enough that it still points back to Christ? You know, if, if what we're doing, if it's not, if, if it causes people to stumble, then that means that's something we got to just keep to ourselves or totally dispose of it amen. altogether. Amen? amen. But Paul said that we, uh, we, we shared with you our lives. So I love this because we, we looked at this, but not entirely. So the bat story of what Paul said in First Thessalonians can be found in Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> It's the bad story of Paul writing this letter to the church in Thessalonica. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Amen? Amen. So watch this. In verse 1, after passing through the cities uh, and Apollonia, Paul, and Silas arrived at Thessalonica. Verse 2, watch this. As they customarily did, they went to the synagogue to speak to the Jews from Torah scrolls for three weeks. Good Lord, three weeks. Paul challenged them by explaining the truth and proved to them the reality of the gospel, that the Messiah had to suffer and die, then rise again from among the dead. He made it clear to them, saying, I come to announce to you that Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah. And the last verse, some of the Jews were convinced that their message was true, so they joined Paul and Silas, along with quite a few prominent women and a large number of Greeks who worship God. So I love this because if we break it down in verse four, it says some of the Jews were convinced. What were they convinced of? They were convinced of two things. They were convinced of, excuse, they were convinced of the message being true. And the message that they were convinced of was in verse three, it said the truth and the reality of the gospel. So there's people that heard what Paul and Silas were teaching and watching them live. And they were convinced of two things. They were convinced of the truth. Somebody say the truth and the reality of the gospel. Oh, you didn't have to, but I appreciate that. You know, you know what the truth is? The truth is Jesus. See, Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. I am the door. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So when the scripture said that they were convinced of the truth, they were convinced of Jesus. They were convinced of Jesus being who he said he was. They were convinced of Jesus being the Messiah. They were convinced of Jesus being the one begotten from God, coming down onto earth from heaven, living the same life that we lived through, going through the same temptations, going wrestling with the same type of struggles, and still lived a sinless life on our behalf. 
and lived it all the way to the point of the cross. But it said that they were convinced of two things. So we said the truth, which is Jesus, but then also they were convinced of the reality of the gospel. I like that phrase, the reality of the gospel. See, that's something we all can talk about, the reality of the gospel. We, we live in the reality of the gospel because you know, you know what the reality of the gospel is? While we were still sinners, Jesus came and died at the right time. Romans chapter 5 literally says at the right time. Somebody say right time. Now, y'all know if you've heard me before, y'all know I love that at the right time. You know what the right time means? Perfect time. The ripe time. Why do you think he said the harvest was ripe? He knew what the right time looks like. And at the right time, he died for us. He redeemed us. He renewed us. He brought us back into perichoresis fellowship. He brought us back into union with the Father, Son, and Spirit. He nailed every sin, every guilt and shame, every mistake, every iota, every accusation, every rumor, every, every distance between us and God. He nailed it to the cross. And then three days later, he rose above it, leaving all of that there and taking us with him as he sits at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says that as he is in, in heaven, so are we in this world. That's the reality of the gospel. You're the reality of the gospel. You look in the mirror and you say, hey, I benefit from the reality of the gospel. So when you say, hey, come follow me as I follow Christ, follow me as I'm living proof of the reality of the gospel. Living proof of that Jesus, what Jesus does, he can totally transform a life around. Amen? Amen. But verse 4 said the result, uh, the result after they taught some of these Jews, the result was that some of the Jews were convinced. Not all, but some. Somebody say some. See, when we are making disciples, when we are following Jesus, when we are talking about him, sharing what he does in our life, not everybody is going to get on board with you. And that's okay. You got to be okay with that. That's okay. We have to be okay with, you know, not everybody, you know, uh, as human beings, we love that if, you know, for most of us, if you start something, you want, you want to finish it. Amen. You want to finish. My kids, they have that, they have that blessing. Uh, we'll, we'll call it a blessing. You know, if they're starting something, oh, we got to go. Time to go to school. Oh, I didn't finish. I didn't finish. And me, I'm like, bruh, you knew we was going to school. You know the, especially the oldest one, like, you know the routine. You get up, we put the clothes on. We go downstairs. You eat the breakfast. If the breakfast ain't ready, you're watching TV or playing while the breakfast get ready. As soon as breakfast get ready, well, you eat it, put the shoes on, and you're waiting until mommy says, we're going to school. So you got that little window. You know what's coming. Don't be surprised. We're going to school. What? School? What is school? You knew it was coming, kid. Stop it, okay? Stop it right now. <laughs> That's what I want to say to him, but I can't because I have to be the loving dad. But I want to say you knew this was coming, bro. It's not a surprise. It is not a surprise. We have to be okay with not everybody getting on board with us and our, li- our commitment to Jesus. And that okay has to be in your heart, not just, oh, it's okay, <laughs> you know. And deep down in your heart, you're hurt by it, you're offended. But even Jesus told the disciples, he said, hey, shake the dust off your feet and move on to the next town. Amen. If they reject you, shake the dust off. That's, that's, that's you know, shake your poppy collar, shake your dust off. That's where they got it from the scriptures right there. Because Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet. Amen. But watch this. It only takes one match to start a wildfire. Did you know that? It only takes one match to start a wildfire. 
Only you could prevent forest fires. I had to. I had to. It was, it was in me. It was in me. But it only takes one match. It only took, watch this, it only took 12 committed followers to turn the world upside down. You go to every town, there's more churches than there are banks. There's more churches than there are grocery stores. It only took 12 men to establish Christianity that shook the world upside down. So therefore, watch this. Don't focus on the people that have left your life. Focus on the relationships that God has cultivated in your now and pour into those people. I'm going to say that again. Don't focus on the people that have left your life. Focus on the relationships that God has cultivated in your now and pour into those. So therefore, who, who do you see on the daily basis or the weekly basis? Okay, pour into those. And when you're faithful with that, God will give you more. God will bring you more. But here's the way it's going to do it. It's not, it's not like a video game to where you get to a certain level. Okay, then the, the scenery changes and then, okay, new, new faces. No, it's going to start as, as you're discipling people, as you're praying for people, as you're doing life with them, as you're eating out with them, as you're hanging out of the house, as you know, your, your kids are playing together. He's going to bring new faces to your mind. And it's not, the, it's not like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. And you get on Facebook and search like we always do. You know, I'll be, I'll be working. I'm like, man, I ain't seen so, so. I'll get on Facebook. Where they at? Oh, snap. Okay. Okay. No, he doesn't do it for you just to troll them online. He does it because that's how he's sowing the seed. So, okay, hey, I want you to pray for this person next. Go and get in a rhythm and a habit of praying for them. A rhythm and habit of caring and interceding. And maybe even fasting if he tells you to fasting for them that way once you make that connection once you finally make a physical connection literally there's transformation that begins to happen right there why because you've been tilling the ground you've been digging the ground you've been burning the field you've been sowing the seeds amen Amen. but so what do we pour into people three things number one the truth aka jesus somebody say the truth so i love this because we get to pour into people the truth the best way i like to say it give them jesus you know, in the world, they say, give them, uh, we're we going to say, give them Jesus. You know, when it comes to anxiety, give it Jesus. When it comes to depression, give it Jesus. You know, as we get closer and closer to Halloween, you know, I've really been missing my grandpa. So yesterday, as we was working on the boys' clothes, I was like, you know what? You know, I'm, I, he's already on my heart. So I started playing some music that he likes. So I put on some Lee Williams. You know, I put on some Lee Williams. And not only did I put on some Lee Williams, I put on some Fits at Jesus. I said, like, all right, Kelsey, we're going to put some game music on. I put it on. She didn't say nothing. She probably knew. Like, you know, he's, he's just, Lord, Lord bless him. You know, it wasn't her song of choice. It was mine. Put on Fits of Jesus. And we all know it, you know, uh, trouble in my way. You know, here I, I'm getting to it. Trouble in my way. Had to cry sometimes. Had to cry sometimes. Trouble in my way. She done gone to the bank, and I'm really tearing up. Lay awake at. I'm doing all the parts. That's all right. I know that Jesus will fix it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all the parts. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe I was getting it. Didn't didn't matter. I was getting it. Now, I can't listen to the song when I'm working out. It's not really the type of tempo I need. But then yesterday, I really liked it. But as I was listening to it, I never thought about it. But literally the verse, literally the verse, I'm going to say it. I won't sing it to you. But I'm going to say it. Literally the verse says, trouble in my way. I have to cry sometimes. I lay awake at night. But that's all right. You know, because I know Jesus will fix it after a while. And I got to thinking about it. That's the, temp, that's the template for sharing the good news with people. 
That's the template for letting people come into your life and see how you follow Christ and they follow. Why? Because honestly, let's break the verse down. Let's, let's, let's do, a, let's do a, a verses this morning. But the verse literally says, uh, uh, trouble in my way, which is you acknowledging struggle instead of faking it until you make it. See, growing up, we was always so fake it till you make it. Don't, you know, you got to confess. Ah. But literally, the problem is when you, when you survey and ask people, uh, even, you know, the, what is it, the Barner Research Group, they have surveyed and asked to see why are people uh, coming away from the faith, stepping away from the faith. And literally, they said because the church isn't transparent enough. Pastors and leaders are, are avoiding talking about their struggle and, making, and just painting this facade of everything being perfect. But within that song, it says, trouble is in my way. So as you sing that, you're acknowledging, hey, there's, my life is not perfect. There's things I'm going through. You know, and the next part of that verse says, have to cry sometimes. So by saying that, you're, you're being transparent about how you respond to life through your emotions. You know, we never like to let people see our emotions. But, you know, in that verse, it literally says, hey, these are my emotions. Life is, life is so distraught, distraught sometimes that I'm having to cry. Not only am I having to cry, but sometimes it's got me laying awake at night. Which is us saying that there are, we are guilty of worrying as well. But guess what? Guess what? We, you know, uh, what is it? Weeping only endure for a night. Because the, the next part of that verse says, but I know that Jesus will fix it. Not only will he fix it, but he's going to fix it after a while. That's the part that we sing, but we don't like to let it resonate in our heart. Because we, we want this thing to be like a microwave. You know, we want this to be like a, a Keurig. You put, the, you put the cup in there in like 30, 45 seconds. I remember when we first moved, got dad hooked up on the Keurig. Oh, he, he's got it down pat too. I'm going to tell on you, Pops. But I remember when I, when I was giving him a, instruct, a TED talk on how to do this. We'll call it an L talk. I was giving a, a, a lead talk. Lead. Ooh, I like that, lead talk. Uh, when I was giving him a lead talk on how to do this, he's like, oh. It's already done. I said, it's already done. And sure enough, when, I, when I'm going to work in the morning, I could tell it's been used because uh, the light will still be on, but also I could smell it. And it's so cool because he's already disposed of the cup, cleaned it up, it's ready to go for the next person. You know, we, we, we honestly, deep down, we may not want to say it out loud, but we want things to be like that. We want our faith. We want our relationship in Christ to be like that to where it just, you know, drop. Okay, it's ready to go. Blessing ready, protection ready, healing ready, provision ready. All these different things ready, ministry ready. But I love that because in the, the last part of the verse, it says, after a while, which means that we're going to have to go through some things. You're going to have to endure. You're going to have to walk through the valley of the shadow of uh, death. But the scripture says he still will be what? With you. After a while. Can, can we have that after a while posture in our heart to where we're like, okay, you know, things ain't ideal. Things are not fun. But I know after a while, things are going to change. I just have to remain faithful. I just have to remain patient. I, have to, I, I don't need to get busy. I don't need to try to come up with how to do this on my own. That's, that's what following Jesus is supposed to look like, and that's what we're supposed to show people. Not this prosperity thing of, you know, you pay in, you earn in, and then God's going to double it, triple it. All these different things that we've been told growing up. Because people have recognized, the world has recognized, hey, Man, that, that's, that doesn't look like life. I need something that looks like life. You know, you know I remember when we moved to Florida, I was looking for a barber. I, you know, I asked, I asked different people around, and I remember, you know, I Google searched and found different shops, and I go to a shop, and I'm like, I don't like that shop, you know. 
It didn't, it didn't look like, you know, there's one shop. It didn't look safe. And I'm like, okay, I need somewhere that, first off, it's got to have people that look like me. And then second, it's got to have people, or it's got to be in a neighborhood that I can bring my son whenever it's time for him to get cut. So therefore, it's got to relate to my life. Otherwise, I can't contribute to it. You know, that, so that applies to the world. The world wants to see, okay, is this church, not only is this church, but is any church, do they, can they relate to what I'm going through? Because we, we on this side of the, on the door frame, we know that Jesus can relate to what they're going through, but they don't know that. So it's our job to let them know, hey, Jesus can relate to it. Not only can he relate to it, but we can relate to it. Let us show you how. Let us show you how. Come in and follow us as we are following Christ. See that, you know, there's days where we miss out on the laundry. See where there's days where we're riding on E just because the money may not be there. See where we have to pay this, have to pay that. See where we're having to go to the doctor. See where our kids are breaking arms, just tripping over nothing. See where our life is unideal. But see how through it all we are still holding firm to Jesus being who he said he is. That's, that's what it really looks like. Sundays is great, but really what it comes down to is the Monday through Saturday. In the midnight hour, where you can lay awake at night, still stressing, still worrying, but knowing your heart, after a while, he's coming through. After a while, he's got me. After a while, he'll protect me. After a while, he'll heal me. After a while, I will see what I've been praying for. Amen? That's what we're supposed to give folks. We're supposed to give them the truth. So like I said, we, we pour into them three things. The truth, a.k.a. Jesus. The next thing is the reality of the gospel. Well, you said it earlier, but the reality of the gospel is while we were sinners, Christ died for us at the right time. Yes. At the right time. Amen. Right. And, you know, if you remember anything about perichoresis like we've been talking about, but that's, that's what we give them. We talk, we let them know that, hey, there is this thing called perichoresis. The Orthodox Church, they, they describe the Trinity as perichoresis, Father, Son, and Spirit. It wasn't like three individuals, but it's three individuals that dwelled within each other but didn't lose each other. You know, with marriage, you know, marriage, you're supposed to come together and become one. And, you know, parts of the, one, the, parts of the wife, they, they fall away. Parts of the husband fall away, and they grow as one. But when it comes to the, the, when it comes to the, the indwelling of the Father, Son, and Spirit, they still their complete selves while dwelling within each other. That's what perichoresis is. And the Bible says that we've been brought back into that union to where we get to be in unity with them where we get to love the same way that they love. We get to practice the patience that they practice. We get to have the same type of empathy that they have. Amen? Amen. So we give them the truth. We give them the reality of the gospel. At last, we give them your life. Somebody say, my life. My life. So in 1 Thessalonians, we'll turn back there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We'll do verses 1 through 8. That's why, that's why we started with verse 8 when Paul said that we share our life. Well, we gave the bad story of it. But in chapter 2, verse 1, literally says, My dear brothers and sisters, it's obvious that our ministry among you has proven to be fruitful. Who's the hour? The hour that he's talking about is Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Proof of this is chapter 1, verse 1, if you ever want to look it up. But he says, Our ministry. Verse 2, And though we had already suffered greatly in Philippi, where we were shamed, shamefully mistreated, we were emboldened by faith in our God. I know I'll camp out here for a minute. By faith in our God to fearlessly preach his wonderful gospel to you in spite of incredible opposition. So watch this. Let me give you some bad story. When it said that we had suffered greatly in Philippi, if you ever look it up in the, in the, in the Greek, but literally what he meant suffer in Philippi, they were beaten and thrown in prison. They were in prison and beaten. Not only beaten before they got to prison, beaten while in prison. Now I'll be honest. I'll be honest. 
I've never been to prison. Never been beaten before I got in prison. Don't want to get beaten if I'm in prison. But, you know, if I'm in prison, the last thing I'm thinking about is, Jesus will fix it after. If I'm in prison, I'm thinking, Mama, oh, Daddy, oh, baby, Coco. I'm, th- I'm, I'm calling everybody. Call, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling who's, who's going to be my one phone call. I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at the time of day, making sure is this person going to be available. I'm, I'm focused on me. Focused on myself, like you know, if don't don't, don't give me that, don't give me, you 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 my call, don't worry about it. you 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 my you my a one day one, all right. We we ride, we fly together, all right. Don't worry about that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I like that. There you go. Delicate. See, we got that plan. All right. Yeah, that's good too. That's good too. I'll I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> but if that happens to any of us, we're focused on ourselves. But notice in in this verse, it says that even though they were in prison in Philippi, we were emboldened by faith in our God. Emboldened. Emboldened. Even though they were in prison, even though they had been tortured, they had been beaten. Still, these dudes had been beaten in prison and still they were preaching Jesus. These dudes, even though they had been beaten and thrown in prison, you have to understand that they were still sinking and believing that Jesus will fix it after a while. They understood that trouble obviously was in their way. They understood that, hey, this is something that I want to cry about. This is something that I'm losing sleep over. But this is something that still I know that Jesus will deliver. Jesus will fix it. Even though they were still in prison, they were still being beaten, still being uh, mistreated. Still they preached Jesus. Still they were telling, still they had this posture in the heart to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Yahweh. Follow me as I follow the Savior of the world. Follow me as I follow the rose of Sharon. Follow me as I follow the bright and morning star. Follow me as I follow the one that gave his life to save the sins of the world. Follow me as I follow the one that has bridged the gap between man and God. Follow me as I follow the fourth man in the fire. I love that one. Follow me as I follow the fourth man in the fire. Follow me as I follow the author and finisher of our faith. Watch this. Follow me as I follow the beloved of God. They still had that determination, even though they've gone through any kind of circumstance you can imagine. Still, they say, follow me as I follow Christ. Why? Because we're making disciples. They understood that it didn't matter if they was in prison or not. Their job was to make disciples. Their job was to make disciples. I mean, let's be honest, we go to a restaurant, if they don't have, if they say, well, we only got two or three cooks, our next response is, well, what do you have ready? Why? Because we still expect them to do their one job, which is to cook and provide food. Here's a hard fact. Your life may be unideal at times, but still the requirement and expectation is, are you making disciples? Are you advancing the kingdom of God? Are you telling people about the goodness of Jesus? Now, I'm not saying you have to be at work and you got to preach a five-point sermon. I'm not saying you got to go up in food giant and stand on the checkout line and say, Jesus is coming back. You ain't got to do all that. Please don't do all that. But what I'm saying is when you're having conversations with people, like just, just, just find ways. Ask questions. Like when I, uh, there, was a, there was a time at, when I was working Northside Jackson last week and they were complaining about da-da-da. So, so me, I'm like, Lord, how, what? Where can I put you in at? Because this is a very negative conversation. So I, so he gave me the, he gave me one to just a simple. I said, Hey, why do you think that is? Like, man, it's always been like that. I'm like, When did it start? Well, I'm like, Do you think it ever get better? 
Uh, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, I, I think there is some better alternatives. You see how the door just opened with just simple? When, where, why, I feel like PBS. Who, what, when, where, why? But it's, it's just, that's, that's, what it, that's what it looks like. That just simple, hey. And, and it may take weeks. It may, you know, it's not going to be a one hit acquittal where it's just instant conversation. That's, you know, they're saved and, and sanctified and, one, and running around. No. It may take a few days. It may take weeks. It may take months. It may take years. The discipleship making process, there's no ultimate formula. I don't care who tells you that, hey, you got to do it this way, da, 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 and the instant result, no. When it comes to Jesus, there is no formula. He is the answer. He, is the sol- he solves every equation. If there is a formula to get that could get us around Jesus, he never would have had to go to the cross. But when it comes to Papa, Jesus is the answer. There is no formula. So, therefore, when it comes to making disciples, we seek him. Amen. So we have to mirror that type of devotion. I'll close with this. But we have to mirror that type of devotion that they had. That type of no matter what my circumstances look like, okay, I'm still going to. I'm still going to reflect the one I gaze upon. Remember, we said worship is about it's when you when you look it up and you all know me. I'm a nerd. I'm an Enneagram five. So I love studying. I love looking things up. I love the bat store. I love documentaries. I got five on, on my watch list. I that's oh man, I can't wait to watch them. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> but we've talked about you know when you look up worship, when you fully look it up in the Hebrew, it's 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 face to face. It's a face to face encounter. It's not just about singing. Yes, singing is great. But really, it's face-to-face interaction. It's face-to-face interaction. And, and when we, when we, when the Bible says that, that face-to-face interaction, when we gaze upon Jesus, we see who we were created to be. And then we mirror that into the world. So therefore, okay, Lindsay, I don't know what to say to people. Okay, well, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus until the words come. Well, Lindsay, how do I look at Jesus? Okay, well, you set aside five minutes. Or you, or you, or you, you, you start reading the Bible some. Well, Lindsay, I don't know what to read. Well, you know, one thing that they told us, and, and, you know, we used to tell the uh, students when we were youth pastors, if you, can't, if you can't figure out where to read, look at the day, look at the date on the calendar, and then go along with that. So, if, you know, if it's 1025, then, you know, go to Psalms chapter 10, verse 25. Just start there. Just start there. Just, just start, just start somewhere. Just start somewhere. Give him a little time. Oh yeah, it, it just takes one glance. You know, one of I, I definitely developed it when we lived down there because you know you got the beach scenery. You look at the sunset, you're just like, oh. You know. I remember living down there, and I would see the sunset or the sunrise, and I would I'm put on blast. I would call Drea. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm like, Stay, go outside. Go outside, because I'm outside. We could be outside together. She's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Drea, come on, just look at the sunset. No. <laughs> you know, what do you see? I see the sun. You know, like, <laughs> no, Drea, come on. You know, she knew it, she knew it would irk me so bad. That's why she would do it that way. <laughs> but since we moved here, I still find myself looking at the sunrise and looking at the sunset. And just it's just one glance. For me, just one glance. But it's not just one glance. I stay out there until I, I can't stay out there anymore. But it's just one glance and instantly just peace subsides me. Peace subsides the tidal waves that are going within me, going within my heart and within my mind. Peace subsides me, and I'm reminded, hey, 
you know, Lindsay, your problems ain't as bad as you think they are. There's people that got it worse. Ah, Lindsay, you are the beloved of God. When I see the sunrise or sunset, I'm reminded of the great creator. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you got me. You're going to fix it after a while. You're going to fix it after a while. Just one glance does that. So when we, when we gaze upon Jesus, one glance, when we open the scriptures and try to, and, and see where we can see ourselves, see where Jesus literally walked the same type of walk we went through. I mean, Hebrews 12, too, says that for the joy of you. Somebody say me. me. He endured the cross. Now, I'll be honest, who, who in here has ever been through pain with a smile? Anybody ever been through pain with a smile? He ain't never been through pain with a smile. You go to the doctor when you was a kid, don't say it, Kelsey, but when you go to the doctor when you was a kid and they give you a shot, anybody smiling here? I can tell you the experience, I did not smile. I did not smile. It was the total opposite. It was so, in fact, it was such a, it was such a memorable experience that, the, that some of the nursing staff that still work at the doctor's office, they remember me. One nurse, Kelsey couldn't remember who it was, but I knew who it was. She said, hey, I ran into one of your nurses. They say you used to give you shots. Now, how would they remember that if it wasn't such a memorable experience? And it wasn't a good, like, oh, yeah, shot. It was the opposite. But we never endure pain with a smile. Why? Because we don't like pain. I'm not saying that we should be, you know, like, okay, here comes pain. Woo! But I'm just giving you the, I'm painting the picture of how, you know, how opposite this was when you look at the scripture and for Jesus to be like, he endured the cross for us. You, what? You, 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 you embraced it? Well, what made you embrace it? The person you see in the mirror. And that's what you tell people. Hey, did you know that Jesus endured the cross for you? Why well, didn't ask him to do that? He knew you didn't ask him to do that. And he knew that there may stay a chance that you reject him, but he did it anyways to give you a path to a better life. That's, that's what we say. That's what we give. Not, not a path to a perfect life because you're still, bills still got to be paid. The car is still going to have to go in the repair shop. You're still going to get sick at times. People are going to come. People are going to go in your life. People, loved ones are going to come. Loved ones are going to go. People are going to talk about you. People are going to raise you up and people are going to lower you down. But at the end of the day, you will not be alone through all of it. And that's the promise Jesus gives. Lindsay, are you sure? I'm sure because in the Great Commission, not only are we to make disciples, but at the end of it, he promises, hey, you're not going to be alone in this. I'm going to be with you to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. To the end of the line and even when you can't see past it he's still going to be with you he's still going to be with you amen he's still going to be with you amen so we have to mirror this we have to we have to replicate this we have to echo this type of devotion this type of message this type of conversations we shouldn't sound like gospel or we shouldn't sound like gossip we should sound like the gospel we shouldn't sound like we shouldn't sound like temptation. We shouldn't sound like all these different things uh, that 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 literally surround us. But we should be sounding like the gospel. We should be looking like the gospel. We should be preaching the gospel, teaching the gospel, talking about the gospel. Ladies, is that all we talk about? No, it's not all we talk about. When I go to work, that's not the only thing I talk about. When I'm online, that's not the only thing I talk about. I love sports. I talk about how Steph Curry is the second goat. He's the baby goat. But at the end of the day, I find ways to point things back to Christ because at the end of the day that's what's going to advance the kingdom of God 
not what I bring to the table, not my IQ, not my status, not my bank account, not my dress code, not your dress code, not your scripture readings, but it's you advancing the kingdom of God. That's what matters. That's what truly matters. And the greatest thing is you're, you're, you're not alone when you do this. The harvest is ripe, amen? The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. And that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. But understand, there's a reason that the Lord is literally moving us in that type of uh, 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 direction. Why? Because, you know, we need to be picking it up. Not so we can see the church full. Not so we can. And, and listen, you know, harvesting hearts and stuff like that, it's, 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 it's not about growing a attendance for a church. As much as I would love the attendance to grow, at the end of the day, we, we said it when we first moved here, but we should be focused on more about who we are becoming versus on more, you know, versus more than people coming. But if we can write, I'll just say it this way, right believing leads, leads to right living. So if we believe right, we live right. If we're transparent, humble, open, and honest about our struggles, people say, okay, man, they, they're going through this, but they still press it forward, okay. I need that. Let me get around them. And as they get around us, they get to see. And then they bring more people with them. And as you know, as we're just doing what we're supposed to do, following Jesus, we open our eyes and look and say, oh man, the church is full. But why are they full? Not because they want to join the and subscribe to this house. No, they're full. Why? Because they see a, a collective of people that are humble, honest, and transparent. And still pursuing Jesus in the midst of it. That's rare in this world. It's rare in this world. It's sad, but it's rare. But we can take an opportunity. We can take the opportunity of that and say, hey, listen, my kid broke my arm, but I'm still trusting in Jesus. You know, I'm riding on Eve, but I'm still trusting in Jesus. How are you trusting in him? Let me show you how. Let me show you how. Come with me. Here, come with me this Sunday. We got this crazy young, young brother that just tells us to gaze at Jesus and then mirror that. It's crazy, but it's going to blow your mind. Just come with me. Hear it. Get around it. Get around more people. The Bible says that we grow. We grow. We, we strengthen by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You can't, you're not going to grow by hearing your own testimony. You've got to get around other people. And that's why we encourage them to come. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, thank you so much for today.